are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Happy Friday, everyone, and thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke. Got a lot to get to this show. We're going to talk some Arizona hoops. Got some really good stuff going on there. And you know what? We're going to talk a little bit of Arizona football as well. Got the spring game coming up Saturday, so we're going to kind of give you a primer on everything you need to know on that front. But... Arizona basketball is the lifeblood of Tucson. It's the lifeblood of pretty much any Arizona athletic fan. And let's talk about the latest comings and goings. First of all, Jason Terry, it is now official, will be back as an assistant coach. And we're going to get to that impact in just a second. But this also shows you with Jack Murphy coming back, Jason Terry coming back, and the overwhelming percentage of the roster coming back minus James Akinjo, who we will also get to in a little bit. This shows you what Arizona basketball is and the cachet that it still has. Look at a guy like Jason Terry. He's my all time favorite wildcat for a lot of reasons. First of all, I don't know that anybody would sacrifice the way he did offering to come off the bench at a time when you were starting to get players that were leaving early and transferring schools, and him coming off the bench basically helped Arizona win a national championship. Now, you fast forward, since that was 1997, you fast forward almost 25 years. Since then, he scored 20,000 career NBA points, almost. He's been an assistant coach now at the college level. He's basically got a job for life with the Dallas Mavericks whenever he wants it. Oh, and by the way, he's worth over $100 million dollars. But he wants to be a coach, and he has other opportunities at this point, especially with the rave reviews that Sean Miller has given him. And you know what Jason Terry said? I don't really care about that. I want to come back to the U of A. He sits down with Tommy Lloyd, and they hash out, and Jason Terry's back. And it's going to be a fun fit, which we're going to talk about here in just a moment. Now, you got basically everybody coming back with the exception of James Akinjo. And I want to just I want to tip my cap to James Akinjo because he was kind of a lightning rod player during his time here at the U of A. But I'll tell you one thing. If James Akinjo isn't on this roster this past year, this U of A team's winning six games. He was one of the best point guards in the conference and a guy that is going to be able to play at a very high level this coming year. Now you look at it, Kansas is a school he's considering. Baylor is a school. Those schools aren't offering somebody who isn't good. So, again, tip of the cap to James Akinjo and wish him the best of luck wherever he goes. Now, we're starting to find out a little bit of the pitch that Tommy Lloyd is using on retaining some of these players and coaches and what he's using for recruits. And it's a drastically different approach, at least on the offensive side of the ball, than what Sean Miller has incorporated over the years. Tommy Lloyd's going to run a motion offense. And for people out there that don't know exactly what that means, that means that you're not going to necessarily have sets when you come down. When 
Ty Ty Washington or Kirk Creesa, whoever it is, is come, comes down, you automatically are going to be having guys move, screen. It's heavily predicated on movement, screen away from the ball, which allows guys to be in a far more free-flowing atmosphere. And I think it's going to help this roster out tremendously. And it's something that when I think of Arizona basketball, I think a lot more of that than I do kind of these last few years with Sean Miller, where basically the offense was run the ball to half court, stare at Sean Miller for about 15 seconds, and then run a staggered weave and wait about 15 seconds before you get a shot. Again, Miller had many good qualities. Coaching offense definitely wasn't one of them. I would imagine that Tommy Lloyd is going to be much better in that aspect. And I think Jason Terry is going to thrive in that role because that is the kind of game that Jason Terry played during his time at the U of A. That is the game that he played in the NBA. That's what Lute Olsen taught him. So Jason Terry, I think, is going to be a perfect fit here. And the one thing about JT, JT loves this school. He just does. People got mad at him for what he said about Sean Miller earlier, about you know some of the cheating and whatnot. Well, I always gave JT a pass on that because Jason Terry was speaking from his heart. If Jason Terry didn't care about the U of A, he wouldn't have said anything because it wouldn't have mattered to him. Arizona basketball matters to Jason Terry, and it's going to be fun to watch and see exactly how he is able to make his mark with this new group of guys. We've talked about at the lead guard spot, you're obviously going to be without James Akinjo. Kirk Reese is a guy that has some ball handling capabilities. But right now, all eyes are on Ty Ty Washington. Ty Ty Washington kind of has a little bit of that playground spunk to his game. He's quick. He's a slick ball handler. He's a guy that has NBA potential. And he's got a little bit of an edge to him in a good way. Now, there are some off-the-court issues that people have worried about. But I always go back to this. Are the off-the-court issues really that grave if somebody like Bill Self is offering you a scholarship? Heck, if a new coach at the University of Arizona is all out to get you. So again, I wouldn't read too much into some of those rumors. And who knows? But Ty Ty Washington would be a very, very nice fit here for Tommy Lloyd's first team. Now... A guy that I've been really big on for a long time now, and I actually followed him for about the last year or so, Jason Shear can attest to this, well before Fanbo Zhang was a thing at Gonzaga, I was watching Fanbo Zhang. You're probably saying, all right, well, who's Fanbo Zhang, and if he's committed to Gonzaga, who cares? All right, well, here's the deal. Fanbo Zhang came over from China, has been playing in Florida for the last year or so, a little, little bit over a year. He's six foot nine and he's got NBA skills. He's not the strongest guy in the world, but when you watch him, he moves with a fluidity. He moves with a pace that a lot of times you don't really see in guys that are fresh over to the United States. Now, Tommy Lloyd was his lead recruiter at Gonzaga, and there's a lot of rumblings that Fanbo will probably not be at Gonzaga for a couple different reasons. First and foremost, when you are from another country, familiarity is going to mean everything to you. And let's be honest, it should be. I went to Spain last summer, and I'll be honest with you. We had a travel guide, and one day the travel guide got sick, and we had another one, and I felt like I was a total fish out of water. 
So if I'm feeling that way when it comes to a travel guide in Barcelona where I'm with friends, imagine being in another country. So Tommy Lloyd has been the one that got that connection with Fanbo. Now, Fanbo is going to look at some options. China is an option because he would be filthy rich if he went back there. But Arizona is looking to corner the market on good available players. And I don't see what the problem would be if you're Mark Few and you say, all right, well, we're recruiting okay. We've got the best player in the country coming in. We've got the best point guard in the country coming in. Sure, we don't want to lose Fanbo, but if he feels more comfortable at Arizona with Tommy Lloyd, again, I don't have any insight, but I don't think that that's really going to be a problem, and I would imagine that it's something that both sides would embrace. Fanbo Zhang would be a guy that would play immediately here. I'm not exactly sure what his impact would be, but he is an NBA guy, and when you have NBA talent— You never turn that down, especially when you're a new coach at the University of Arizona and you're looking at a guy who could be a multi-year player. Now, you can't bet on who might be on a roster, but you can bet on who might be on a top 25 list and who might outperform that, and that's why you need to be checking out betonline.ag. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. We're going to talk a little bit of Arizona spring football. we got the spring game coming up right here, and... If you look at some of these guys in the college football world, especially places like Alabama, these are some big guys out there. And these are guys that are probably utilizing a built bar at times. And why wouldn't you utilize a built bar? They taste good. They provide you protein. They help you recover. It's the kind of bar that you look forward to consuming after you were done working out. And that didn't used to always be the case. When it came to protein bars in the past they didn't taste good and you basically dreaded having to consume one that's not the case with built bar my friends built bar tastes different and it tastes good arizona spring football is coming up tomorrow and the fun thing about doing this podcast is i can basically give you my unvarnished opinion and i've gone to almost all of the spring practices with the availability and i'm not going to blow smoke at you This isn't a very good football team. It's just not. If you were to ask me an over-under, I'm probably putting it at about three wins. And if I had to guess, I'm probably going under. They beat NAU. They might beat San Diego State. Maybe. But after that, things get dicey. And there's a multitude of reasons why. First of all, Kevin Sumlin was obviously an atrocious hire. He didn't do really anything well. And I hate to be that blunt about it, but he didn't recruit well. He didn't coach well. He didn't show a commitment to the university. He did get paid, though, so you got to give him a lot of credit for that. But this isn't a good team, and it starts with the quarterbacks. Now, sometimes guys are gamers, for sure. Nick Foles was that. A lot of people uh, said, why in the world did, did Matt Scott start over Nick Foles? Well, Matt Scott was better than Nick Foles in practice, but when the lights came on, Nick Foles was much better than Matt Scott. So maybe that's the case. But when you watch Will Plummer and you watch Gunnar Cruz, both Arizona natives, you don't come away thinking that these are guys who are going to scare Pac-12 defenses in the least. And it's kind of a comedy of interceptions, poor timing with their receivers, which you can explain a little bit away, but they also just don't look the way that you look at and you say other Pac-12 teams should look. 
And again, that's not real. That's not Jet Fish's fault. That's not these guys' fault. But right now, the quarterback position doesn't exactly inspire a ton of confidence. Now, the wide receiver position actually looks okay. And you generally wouldn't think that when you've got two guys who might be starting who are from Tucson. But Stan Berryhill, Jamari Joyner, combined with Brian Castile, they've played pretty well. And I'm a big believer in the eye test. And those guys have passed the eye test. Now, it remains to be seen how good they will be when the lights really come on. But those are two; those are three guys that I would definitely keep an eye on during the spring game. And they're going to hold a lot of potential to what the Arizona passing game is going to look like. Now, Arizona is supposedly going to utilize the tight end. We've heard that a lot. Jed Fish is a brand new guy here. So we'll see if guys like Wolma and who else or Stacey Marshall are utilized in that regard. I'll believe it when I see it, but you know what? Everybody's operating with a clean slate around here, especially on Locked On Wildcats because we haven't covered the Arizona football team in a real season since it is our inception. Now, defensively, let's start out with what I think is okay talent. Corners aren't bad. Christian Roland Wallace was a kid that, out of high school, had a legitimate USC offer. You generally don't get a lot of those guys here at the University of Arizona. As a matter of fact, you can probably count on about one hand. And he looks kind of like a USC kid. He's not the tallest guy in the world, but he's physical, he's athletic, and he looks the part. You know, as I've just talked about already on the podcast, I'm a big believer in guys who look the part. And he certainly does look the part. Across from him, you got Isaiah Rutherford. Now, you can take Isaiah Rutherford with a grain of salt because, well, he was essentially running third string at Notre Dame, and he comes to Arizona, and he looks drastically different. But all I can go by is what I see at practice, and he's about six foot one, and he was a four-star recruit coming out of high school. He's a guy that, I don't want to say looks different, but on a team where you don't have a ton of talent, he's a guy that I would imagine Arizona is going to be leaning on. So the corners aren't actually that bad. Then you get to the pass rushing situation. And there's going to be about three guys that Arizona is going to really need to break out this year. And I'm not totally diminishing this possibility because they haven't gotten good coaching in the past. And one thing about Don Brown, say what you want. Don Brown is a good coach and his resume speaks for itself. Anthony Pandy, kid that came in, high three-star kid came in, it seems like about 10 years ago, but only four or five years ago. He was a player that I think a lot of people hope would become a double-digit sack guy. That hasn't happened, and it probably won't happen, but he does have a little bit of quick twitch, solid strength, and he's been talked up to a certain extent. That is a guy that I would keep an eye on. Jalen Harris is the other one. Everybody knows Jalen Harris' story. Son of Sean Harris, six foot five, six foot six pass rusher, incredibly long and angular, and a guy that can get after the passer at times, but he's been incredibly inconsistent. He's another player that I'm very curious to see what happens once the lights come on and he has an actual good coach around him who's able to utilize exactly the kind of skills that he has. Now, you're saying, what kind of skills does he have? I don't really know what kind of skills he has, but he does look a little bit different, and that's always a thing that you're going to talk about when you're looking at a team that doesn't have a lot of talent on this roster. 
But let's be honest, the guy that's really going to matter and it's really going to be the most impactful guy on this defense, give or take, is going to be Trayshawn Hayward. Now, the ex-Western Michigan linebacker was the MAC player of the year. He's a guy that should play in the NFL. And honestly, it's kind of interesting that he ended up here. But you got to give Jed Fish a tip of the cap on that one. You got to give Jed Fish some kudos because this isn't a kid that we generally see at the U of A. He was a guy that had All-American potential a year ago, and if things go right, he's going to be that guy. You need him to be a 10-sack guy, period. You need him to be all over the field. You need him to make plays. And it's going to be important for Arizona's down linemen to be able to cover him up because if you can't cover up Trayshawn Hayward, he's going to have a lot of big guys that are going to be in his face this entire time. And he's obviously not going to be out there during the game, but when he does get to Tucson, He's the guy that needs to be that next-level player. And honestly, if you're looking at both sides of the ball, you need Treshawn Hayward to be the best player on the roster because he's the guy that has the pedigree. He's the guy that has shown that he has the ability to be able to be that next-level guy. Will he be able to show it at the Pac-12 level? We don't know, but you can only keep your fingers crossed. One other guy we didn't really break down a ton because he's not here yet will be Jordan McLeod. The South Florida transfer at quarterback, you've got to hope that if Plummer and Cruz don't look well, that he can hop in there this summer. Again, he won't be at the spring game, but he's a guy like Treshawn Hayward that is going to be incredibly relied upon, I would say, at some point this season. Everybody out there, you guys have a great weekend, and I'll be at the spring game looking forward to it, and hopefully we're back here Monday talking about some more good U of A basketball news. You've been listening to Locked On Wildcats.